racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico. And he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. The green light's on for what they're saying is one of the biggest nights of the year. Sandown Park, headquarters in Melbourne for 12 heats of Group 1 races, four heats of the Bold Trees, four heats, in fact, eight heats of the Melbourne Cup, four heats of the Bold Trees, eight heats of the Group 1 Sports Bet Melbourne Cup, and we're here to pull the whole meeting apart, as we always do on the Green Light on Premier Racing Podcast, but I'm proud to announce it's a big, big show. We've got two special guests to, not special guests, I'm going to call them co-hosts to get us through the program. We're also catching up with a favourite of ours a bit later on, Nettie McDonald, Carly Faltham, chatting all things Kasaya, and then Bradley Keel to talk mainly Zippy Tesla, who I think is drawn absolutely perfectly in his heat of the Melbourne Cup. But without any further ado, I'd like to welcome the co-host, of the show, Racing Jason Adams. How are you, mate? Hello, Jim. I'm up and about, let me tell you. And I tell you what, if it was four heats of the Melbourne Cup, as you suggested, the best 32, imagine the depth. We've got eight of them and it's it's hard enough to to tear apart. Four would be unbelievable. But um, you're right, it's Christmas for the purists and, and nerds like us, mate. So, um, yeah, counting down till Saturday. From the broadcast box. Well, straight off the top, I can rip into those stingers, and you know I love to play them on the podcast. Uh, straight off the top, Dan Hibbert's been good enough to join us on the pod, and I haven't even asked him yet, but he'll do it for the next two weeks. Daniel, how are you, mate? Very well, mate. How are you? Well, uh, glad to be uh, with you guys, and uh, looking forward to a massive Massive Saturday night. Hey, I've been uh, just sort of Googling a little bit of uh, information about you just recently. Uh, 11 months or so and you call your first Melbourne Cup. The the dream of race calling for you, it's just happened so quickly. It has. Um, I mean, I'd sort of grown up trying to, uh, well, playing with Lego horses at home and calling races around the carpet of my bedroom and, uh, you know, going to race meetings uh, for ages and ages with my dad and, uh, he was involved in the the trots and the gallops, and uh, you know, I my my calling um, aspirations, I guess, in a way, stem from a fellow called Lockie McIntosh, who obviously calls the the trots. He was a, a race caller who called the trots at Donald um, when I was growing up, and he's not much older than me. He's probably maybe three or four years older than me, and he was like fifteen years of age calling the trots at Donald. So that's where I sort of first got the bug, and uh, you know. For what's happened over the last uh, two years has been crazy and uh, really, uh, really enjoying it. One thing people aren't going to realise that are listening to the podcast, but I'm sure we'll get this vision out there, is I've called plenty of big races as well, Dan, but never, ever do I get any merchandise handed to me. I'll have a look at you. You've got the Dream Chasers hat on, the shirt, the sports bet signage. You've done all right this year. <laughs> I just, uh, just, you've just got to have connections, obviously, and uh, no, it was... Uh, Bit of merch it always goes. Does it always go astray? And silly, I know through I know through Bendigo. Troy used to just give me gear all the time, which was awesome because that one then you didn't have to worry about buying a jacket or a shirt or anything because it was always free merch every year. Probably the only thing that's missing is a Melbourne Cup in the background on the desk or <laughs> something like that as we as we lead up. Be nice to have one on the mantelpiece. I'm thinking. I'm thinking more the. Uh, the disappearance of the, the Melbourne Demons hat, which we could never get Dan out of. So I'm happy that uh, that's gone, Dan, boy. Oh, he's, he's throwing the towel in. Yeah, well, yeah, I sort of thought I'd better put it away for the for the summer. And uh, now quite, this is actually quite a very, very comfortable hat, so I'm happy to be wearing it. It looks good, mate. It looks very good. Run of the week. 
run of the week time from last Saturday night. A big night with the preludes of the Melbourne Cup final chance to cement a place in the race. And just quickly, can you mention that, Jace? How do you qualify for the Melbourne Cup heats this week? Okay, so the order of entry is there's a long list of exemption races, which you can suss out on the website, a lot of Group 1s and Country Cups across Victoria. So win one of those, you walk into a heat. Uh, Typhoon Sammy is a perfect example of that. Won the Bendigo Cup, hasn't competed in a prelude, goes straight in. So uh, exemption race winners in, prelude winners in, next in line are prelude runners up. And then following that, it all goes on on ranking and greyhounds were eligible, and by I mean eligible, have competed in a prelude to, to tick that box. I wanted to do something different on the uh, the run of the week this week, seeing as I've got two fine gentlemen sitting beside me on Zoom, not effectively sitting beside me, but it does feel like we're in the same room. Starting with you, Jace, who did you vote as run of the week last Saturday night? I reckon Yachi Bale, he was just enormous. He uh, found himself well back in the field and his motor's huge. How exciting is he? Oh, he's huge. Dan, what do you reckon, mate? I'm, I'm sort of leaning to Amron Boy. The Amron Boy and Yachi Bale were really strong. I was really sort of taken by Quinlan Bale as well. I thought he was a really strong run despite getting a little bit tired there late on. But uh, look, there was so many strong performances, it's probably really hard to sort of narrow right down to one. Well, that was my job. I was sort of hoping we'd all agree with Amron Boy and this uh, segment would roll beautifully, but that hasn't been the case. But here is the run of the week. I have gone with Amron Boy after a sensational victory, I thought, coming from behind. Racing. Shipwreck began well. Dusty Bursky was slow. Speed out ephemeral, but Shipwreck's going to lead. Getting across Nitro Bale to second. Amron Boy's close enough. Behind them was Quebec Bale. Further back then to ephemeral. Out deep was Dusty Burbsky from Black Sail and Last of all was Rickon and Rick. Leader was Shipwreck. On its tail was Amron Boy. We've got a clash. They're clear then of Nitro Bale. Shipwreck the leader. Amron Boy's aiming up on the inside. He's coming strongly. They hit the line. Amron Boy. Amron Boy's won. Beat Shipwreck in a thrilling contest. Sensational call there, Daniel Boy, to uh, to mention around the first corner that you thought that... Uh, Amron Boy was close enough. And then on the home corner to say we've got a clash and then to finish like that, I thought you just understood that race so, so very well. And I must say, when Shipwreck led and led the way he did, I thought, oh, he's probably going to be hard to beat. It took a dog running 29-14 effectively, Amron Boy, to beat him. But uh, an enormous effort come from behind. And look, he, he probably should have been in the shootout when you look at the way he ran there. Yeah, I mean, that was the, the talking point after the race was, uh, you know, he was probably a bit stiff not to... Get a get a spot in the shooter, but it was uh, yeah, it sort of uh, for a race for races that last only thirty seconds. It's it's quite you know from where I'm sitting or standing, I should say, you can sort of spot a lot a, a lot of different things uh, in the in the course of the run. And like straight away, when I saw he was that close, I thought, well, here we go. He's he's going to give Shipwreck a real match. And when they came off the the, the five ninety five boxes, I thought he's a real chance if he gets up on the inside. And that's just what happened. I mean. Yeah, that's what I thought was going to happen in my mind, and that's how it played out. It doesn't always work out that way, but, it's, uh, yeah, it was a, a really thrilling race, that one on Saturday night. Saturday's preview. Saturday preview uh, for the heats of the bold trees to begin and then heats of the sports bet Melbourne Cup following. We're going to kick off race one. First event to bounce at 6.39, heat one of the bold trees. I'm tipping four on top here, untapped. I just think can lead. Uh, we'll go in numerical order, if that makes any sense, uh, by age. Let's start with you, Jason. I hope you're younger than Dan. Jeez. Jeez. Um, Aston Velvet for me, Jim. Just going way too well. Beginning with uh, Express Speed. Awesome last Saturday night. Don't see a reason why she can't uh, maintain that over the 700. 
The old boy in the corner there, Dan. Yeah. The old fella. Th- thanks for that. Thanks for that. Um, <laughs> look, I'm torn between Untapped and Aston Velvet. I think they're both going to get out really quick. Untapped's obviously only had the, the one run over the uh, the 700 in the last little while, and that was behind Moraine Susie. Still thought it was a really strong run in, in the Group 1. But Aston Velvet's just in the zone, and I think it's going to be uh, mighty hard to toss in this race. Sportsbet have Corborn Magic $3.50 favourite, the Sydney Cider in race one. Second event, I'm, I'm clearly with Maureen Susie here, number three. Uh, I think she's a better Sandown dog than she is the Meadows, and she won the Top Gun. So uh, the form is huge. They're betting two ninety at the moment, which I think is a pretty generous price here. Uh, Jason, we'll start with you. Yeah, no arguments for me, Jim. She was... Look, I think she was average in a couple of runs there, sort of at the end of her last campaign, but Brendan's brought it filled her back in outstanding. Nick obviously won the, the top gun, and hopefully she turns up with her finest yet again because she was magnificent last start. Yeah, I think she'll win. I uh, picked her in the uh, in the top gun once she got into the field. I, I thought she was a bit unlucky not to even get in the top gun field for a start. I've got a bit of a soft spot for her. Uh, I, she's two for two over this trip. I think she's going to be really hard to beat. I think we all agree that 290 is pretty generous by the sounds of it. Just a nod of the head. Not a bad price. Mm, just a nod of the head's all we're getting, which isn't good for uh, for radio. <laughs> Race number three, Zar Bell heads the market here, $2.30, drawn box number two. This Greyhound trial, an exhibition trial, last week, earlier on in the program, went 41.58, first look at Sandown Park, under, uh, under race conditions effectively, and... I was taken by that. Um, I thought second look could even go quicker, has got really good records from inside draws, and I don't think has drawn the, the strongest heat of the bold tree. So two nearly a special for me to beat the three, one, and eight. Uh, we'll start with you on this one. Dan, race number three, mate. Who, who wins it? Yeah, called that trial and uh, went super. Good time. Uh, yeah, it's certainly not the, not the strongest of the heats. I think it uh, picks itself basically because of that really strong trial run. Yeah, no arguments for me. I mean, that trial was awesome and he's clearly been the best stayer in, in WA for some time. Huge in the national final and, and could end up uh, in another group one here. What about the training effort of uh, Jeff Britton, Mapunga Ruby, first up for, uh, what was it, five months into a group one? Um, if she raced without uh, time on the track for another month, she would have had to have a satisfactory trial to prove her health. That wasn't the case. She got in five months and she then runs second first up over 700. I thought it was an enormous training effort. She's going to take fitness from that. Uh, she's drawn to win. I'm on top here with Mapunga Ruby. Yeah, absolutely. She was so good in the top gun first up and she's only going to be better for that. And even leading up to, to that run, she had a couple of hit outs at Sandown where she always went really quick as well. So uh, the draw's a tick. Fitness is a growing tick, and she looks hard to beat, doesn't she, Dan? Absolutely. Can't tip against her. She's won three of seven over this trip with 41 and 44 at best. Uh, yeah, a massive effort in the top gun. Ticks all the boxes. She's going to be mighty hard to beat. She's probably nearly uh, one of those anchors for sort of multis across the night. Well, she is $2. What price are we getting now? Race number four. That's my job to get through the pricing. And uh, unfortunately for those who uh, who have listened to this podcast for some time would know that I've got a bit of a dodgy mouse um, and it's continued. $1.70 is the price for uh, for number one Mapunga Ruby. Race five. This is where it all starts to heat up. Heat one of the group one sports bet Melbourne Cup. And, and I think this is the race that every Greyhound participant dreams of winning. Uh, and I think the best bet of the night comes up here in the first heat. Now, the way I've Speed map this. Boo Boo Billy out fast. Landon Bale out fast. Idolise out fast. The line of three. And if Zippy Tesla can just tuck in, in harness terms, leaders back waiting for the sprint lane, I think I think he's the best bet of the night. So uh, I'd be having a little dabble on him all in to win the Melbourne Cup. 
and I'd also be having a nice each way play gamble responsibly on him to win race five. Daniel. Draws uh, really strong. It's a pretty good heat, but he, he gets the, a lot of the favours because of that uh, that draw. Uh, no luck in the uh, the top gun. He was awesome here, the run before that. He's got uh, a good record at Sandown, four wins from seven. Uh, look, he's going to be mighty hard to beat. I think French Martini deserves a change of luck. It certainly hasn't got it from the box draw, but if he can get any clear air whatsoever, it's going to be right in the thick of things. But Zippy certainly has uh, has the, uh, the draw to, to win. Oh, I found this really hard, to be honest, and I just went with my favourite dog, and that is Zippy Tesla. And we sort of saw sort of, um, different, uh, sort of similar circumstances in the Top Gun. It just didn't work out that way from the same draw. Fingers crossed he gets it this time around. I don't think there's uh, too many more entertaining dogs than, than Zippy Tesla in work. McInerney's the star of uh, race number six, uh, obviously a million-dollar chase winner, placed in the Top Gun, uh, was third in the shootout last start behind Wow, She's Fast, has enormous form. Uh, I'm willing to go against him, though, lads. I'm tipping Zara's Ivan here at $6. The favourite is the Red Amplified at $3.40. I'm just hoping Zara's Ivan crosses, can dash to the lead early, and, and if let's win coins the first one across to follow. Well, then Baby JC, Mac and Ernie, they're all going to be caught in, in awkward spots working hard. Am, am I thinking right here, Jason? I actually went with Baby JC yeah, Jim, I think she can carve out those real fast splits. And the big difference between sort of your 501s, 502s, your 510s, it's, a, it's over a length. So uh, she's been able to do that uh, on a couple of occasions. So I thought given all that that you've mentioned, uh, no pressure towards her outside, she could find herself in a in a pretty reasonable spot. And how do you see it, Dan? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Baby JC is a massive chance in this. I think just let's win coins the one that sort of, Drawn three, it can get out and absolutely fly the lids. She's run a 490 or 495 or something like that um, previously. She hasn't been jumping like that. And she's the one that sort of is a bit of the fly and the ointment in the middle there. But I've got a bit of a soft spot for baby JC. Uh, I think uh, just got to jump. And and if, if she does jump, she can certainly land in front, and that's where you want to be. And I think she's a bit of value. What about race seven? I'm with uh, Kelsey Bale. I think she can go a long, long way in this Melbourne Cup series. Was outstanding last week. The only query is she just does not find the line the same way at the Meadows as she does at Sandown. But Sportsbet have marked her $3.50, the runner to beat in race number seven here. Dan, are you agreeing on the Kelsey bandwagon? Well, I th- think I heard uh, Jace mention this on uh, RSN early this afternoon, that this was a heat of death. It is an absolute raffle for me. I Kelsey Bales, yes, absolutely flying, but El Dorado's been going extremely well. Um, Shipwreck, I thought, was super against Amron Boy, and then you've got Deadly Class and Photo Man out wide. I, my, my gut says Shipwreck will go very close based on that run against Amron Boy last week, um, but I reckon I could have four picks and still not get the winner. <laughs> Jason. Yeah, it's hard work, many a chances, and I ended up settling on El Dorado. I just thought he's due for a good draw. He's had a horror run for, for some time, and although he's had a bad run, he's still been able to win good races, so um, I thought it was a couple of ticks in his favour here. Race number eight, uh, all of the market support early on has been for She's a Pearl and Plaintiff, drawn four and five. I guess the punter's expecting Plaintiff to come across and lead like he does. Look for the rail and She's a Pearl to cart across. So I am tipping five She's a Pearl to beat Plaintiff. I've gone Kasaya for third. I'd love to see him make a Melbourne Cup for Carly Feltham, who we'll have on the pod just uh, just a little bit later on. But uh, I'm going with She's a Pearl. I thought her run first up at Sandown, knowing that we know she hasn't had a trial, Jace, I think was, was more than encouraging last week. 
I totally agree, Jim. I think she could have done much more than, than what she did. As you said, it was clear it was her first look at the track and we've seen plenty go worse in their first look than run second to, to where she's fast, where she obviously gave chances. Um, mm. But I think we've seen a number of those come from interstate recently and improved suddenly. So she's one out of all of them that can really go bang. I think she'll win. Um, I think she'll she if she jumps like she did in the uh, uh, in the the shootout, she went five oh eight. I think she can go a bit quicker. Um, the the thing for me is Kazaya if Kazaya can jump and run that five oh three that it ran three runs ago, uh, it could kick up on the inside and make it interesting. But I think at the back end of the race, I think she's a pearl will be too good. I think she's drawn beautifully in box five. I know that sounds silly, but with Plain of doing what he does and. Uh, like you say, Danny, if if she can find a way to get up outside of Kasaya, I think she has got the ability to uh, to run him down. What about race nine? Who would have thought, wow, she's fast would... Well, I guess we all thought she'd draw another bad box. She's had no luck with the draws lately. 280 into 260, though. They've backed her early, and I couldn't take that price, to be honest. Uh, Paddy wants Pats went 5.02 to the first peg, ran a very, very similar time last week. Uh, 29.34 for Paddy when he had to come from behind to win in the end. Uh, wow, she's fast, got the rails, went 29.28. I know she missed the kick, but she hasn't been spearing the lids for a while. So I'm going to lean to Paddy wants Pats purely based on the draw and the price at 2.70 in comparison to uh, to WSF. Uh, Daniel, who who do you go with? Do you, do you follow the champion? Yeah, I do. I, she did the same thing in the the heat of the uh, the Sapphire Crown. The following week, she absolutely pinged out from mm. uh, from the same draw, and I think she'll do exactly the same thing. This is not the strongest uh, of the heats. If you take out Patty Wants Pats and just left the the other seven, uh, she'd be a dollar forty. Um, and I think uh, she will just jump. She seven's no issue for her. We know what she can do from out there. She's just got to jump. I think she will. And if she does, she'll get through to the final. Who would have thought we'd be getting this sort of price about her in a heat that we don't consider one of the deepest of the night? But I guess that's been, what, three runs in a row now and she hasn't been able to find the top. So there's concern there. We may look like fools if she just goes bang like Dan thinks she, she would do. But just went with the reliability of, of Paddy Wants Pats. He's going to begin. He's going to show pace and he loves the track as well. One thing I will say, there looks to be five or six greyhounds in this race that don't really go forward. So if she's ever going to get that race where she can ping back to the front, this could be it. Race number 10 at 9.36 on Saturday night. Heat number six of the Sports Bet Melbourne Cup. And Amron Boy, we, we've spoken a fair bit about him here. He goes around drawn box number six. I don't think it's that bad. Uh, the four potentially slow to go once the rail. Salad Dodge is going to show speed. He'll clear Hector Forley in the early part. And I think Vader Bale's a big chance of clearing them all. Uh, the back-to-back Wagga Cup champion. But um, if, if Amron Boy gets half a look at them, that's all you're betting on. Because if he does get half a look, he'll, he'll be too good. Well, he's fast dog, clearly, and he overcome box six last week. And if he gets the same sort of breaks, he's going to be hard to beat yet again. But I actually went with Gatlin. I was just very impressed by his his last trial, which was you know, last Sunday, Jim, the, the Sunday before. And he's gone 1850s to the mm, back. And he's quick. doing that. He's absolutely leading this race. And got home in a, a little bit pedestrian, but he can pick up on that. So just purely on that trial, I, I went with him. What about you, Dan? This is a, a race. I the, the the dog I'm picking is one that certainly can't run 29-20 or 29-10, and that's Typhoon Sammy. But I reckon the box eight is perfect for him. I reckon there might be a little bit of tightening in that first turn. And much like what happened last year in his heat of the Melbourne Cup, he was able to zip around the outside and get around to the lead. Now, again, he's probably not – he can only probably – his best is probably 29-40. and 40. Um, You know, if he, if he, at his absolute best, I know his best time is 29-65, but – 
I think he, I think he's a decent chance from out there to get through to the final. I don't think he can win it, but I reckon he's a decent chance the way the, the race looks. So I reckon he can get across and make it really interesting. You just love these dogs that go well at Bendigo, Dan. I'm, <laughs> I think you're a fan of the locals up there. Probably, probably a fair point. <laughs> and he was, and to be fair, he was super the other day in a race. The, the you know the pipe opener that he had, he went twenty seven eighty three. And nothing's gone anywhere near that quick over the last sort of 12 months. Yeah, it's a smart run. Race 11, we've got about five minutes left on the podcast. I am putting time limits on it uh, this week because I need to get to bed and get some rest. Uh, battling the man flu. But uh, race 11, I'm with number one, Dynamic Prince. I think drawn sweetly, had no luck last week. The two's going to roll up the track, and therefore I think it brings the red in. But sports bet didn't miss uh, the pricing, $2.70, which I think is actually skinny from box number one. Dan, how do you see the 11th playing out? Yeah, tricky affair. I've gone with Dynamic Prince. I think the the red sort of the red draw certainly suits, or the inside draw certainly suits it. Uh, and I think it gets favours with Mallow Magic on its outside. So no reason to tip against the one. I did like the trial of uh, Vice Grip. I know he went twenty nine forty two, and I think he can improve on that run as well. Yeah, I think he can. Dan, I think the general feeling is he doesn't trial awfully well by himself. So in a full field, might see the. The very best of him, but I went dynamic prince as well. Can't add much more to what you blokes have said. I think he's gonna he's gonna get plenty of room, and uh, it's what you need in the heat of the cup. I've been saying for weeks the Smokey of the Melbourne Cup and everything else coming up is Dundee Smokey, um, but he's no longer a Smokey. He ran an enormous race last week. I think he's getting stronger. He's gonna need to do everything right. A to clear Fernando Mick, but I think if he can do that from box two, he then opens up the uh, the can of worms because Fernando Mick's then gonna roll up the track. There could be a little bit of bumping behind, which then holds Greyhounds back like Triumph and Zipping Kyrgios. And if Smokey's five or six in front down the back, he's getting stronger. And I feel like he could win this and then do an Ando's Mac and lead all of the way in the Melbourne Cup the week later. Yeah, couldn't agree more, Jim. He's just building into a really nice dog, isn't he? And he that, is. that key to him getting better is getting a little bit stronger, isn't it? Because the pace that he's shown his past couple's been Melbourne Cup winning pace, to be honest. You said go on your five O's, your eighteen five, eighteen six, that's exactly where you want to be. So if he improves at all, he's gonna be hard to beat. Daniel. Best bit of the night. He is the best bit of the night. He will just I think I think he'll just lead and I think he'll just win. So he's the best of the night. Dundee Smoky. Well, there we go. Keeping the best till the last. I like that. Dan, are you recording from an igloo somewhere, are you? Our audio is still not very good with you, mate. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. I, I, did, I, I was hoping yeah. it was more your end. No, nah, mate. Yeah, you, right, Jim, you, you sound like an alien. Your, your mouse is no good, mate. Is that is that oh, well, something needs, needs to pick up? I could be the problem, but hey, we're, we're doing our best to get the best possible in-depth look to a to a wonderful night of greyhound racing. And have a listen to this punters. Hunters Punting Club, the world famous jingle of the Punters Punting Club. If this doesn't get you up and about, uh, I'm not too sure what will. Uh, for Dan, who doesn't know the Punters Punters Club too well, although I know he's the number one listener, I see the IP address flash up when I check the numbers, uh, and I ping that one down to Dan every week, but. Uh, Look, punters, punning club, we'll start with you, Dan. You're obviously keen on Dundee Smokey. Is that the way you'd play your uh, your $50 responsibly? I'm going to have $40 a win on Dundee Smokey to win, and I'm going to have a save of $5 each way on Typhoon Sammy. I, I love the way he, he second time on the show and he already knows what's going on. Jason, can you help me out, mate? Well, I'll tell you what, Dan, you can do whatever you want because listening to the Top Gun podcast, these are... Uh, these clowns, Jimmy and, and Corey, ended up having three bets. So there's, there's no <laughs> rules or integrity when it comes to the, the punters club. But uh, I'm going towards Dynamic Prince, as we spoke about. Race 11, number one. He should get plenty of room, and that's what you needed to cup eight, and that's what he needs to win. 
Well, fair enough. I'm surprised you found that one out. I thought we might be able to keep that one away from you, Jace. But uh, I'm going to play two bets. I really like my best to Zar, Bell and Zibby Tesla. Um, they're both going to come from behind. They're both wearing the checkered rug, and I both think they'll win. I think they'll both win, that is. Uh, so I'm going to go $12.50 on the pair. How does that sound? I think we've found more than a winner. I think we've found plenty for, for what is going to be a great night of racing. To you, Jace, good luck with the club and, and everything, keeping everything under control at headquarters prior to Saturday night. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a great night. Yeah, it doesn't get any bigger, Jim. And you're right, wrap up the podcast because just like yourself, I need a bit of shut-eye. And tuck into your dinner, mate. Uh, Dan, thanks a lot for coming on. Can we pencil you in for next week as well? Not a problem, mate. That'll be fine. You're a champion, mate. That audio's come good too. So uh, so good calling, mate. Good calling on Saturday night. And, uh, well, we'll chat to you next week. Thanks, mate. Inside Info. This is the segment all the punters at home have been sitting there waiting for. Inside info as we count down to the Melbourne Cup. Chasing the dreams with the Dream Chasers Festival continuing on. And straight off the top, our first special guest, first of a trio of special guests on the podcast for this big edition is Bradley Keel. And Brad, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks uh, for having me on. A absolute pleasure to uh, to have you on. You've got uh, three runners going around in. Uh, Saturday night in, in heats of the Melbourne Cup. Uh, you've also got a few reserves that might sneak their way in. And a greyhound like uh, Dusty Burbsky, his first reserve, if he does find his way into the field, uh, he could run a very, very big race. But we'll start straight off the top uh, with you, Brad. Zippy Tesla, race five, drawn box number two. I've marked this dog the best bet of the night. I think he just speed maps perfectly. There's speed in one, there's speed in three, pace in four. If Zippy Tesla's leader's back sitting third or fourth, and I said earlier on this podcast, in harness racing terms, just awaiting the sprint lane, I think he'll be too good for them. Am I right? Well, I hope you're right. Um, I'd, I'd prefer him. I'm much, much happier with him down in box two than sitting out in box six, seven or eight. Uh, he's, the, key, the key to him is if he can jump and sit in the first four and just get it, build up his momentum. He, he's definitely a momentum dog when he starts building. He loves sand down too from his run homes and his strength there is absolutely fantastic. And it's like like anything, you're just happy and just hoping you can get that run. When you, when you don't lead, you always need luck, but you're just crossing the fingers that it can go his way. And I hope you are right. I hope the dogs do jump jump in front and be allowing to get that little uh, run in behind him because that's what he needs. He doesn't need one missing it and jumping up and uh, taking his legs out. Well, I have noticed, mate, uh, I'm, I'm a big supporter of your kennel uh, this week because uh, the next runner going around in heat two of the uh, the Melbourne Cup, so you're going to know your fate pretty early in the first two heats with, I think, two very, very key players. Zara's Ivan, I've tipped on top here. Look, his form's probably been a little bit hard to follow, but I think personally he's a much, much better dog when he can find the lead before the first corner and then really take off through that first bend and, and, and set up a break through the catching pen. How, how did you see the race? Obviously you're against the likes of... Uh, Mac and Ernie, a million-dollar chase winner, and, and Baby JC, who's who's barely set a poor out of place thus far. But I think this uh, this boy here's a sneaky chance. Yeah, he is. The, the thing with him, you're 100% correct in the analysis of him. He needs he needs to find that lead. Uh, in if he, he usually needs about five or six strides, he jumps okay sometimes. Um, but he needs five or six strides to hit his top speed, and that's when he likes he likes to zoom to the first corner and do, does like to try and break him up. He's got brilliant mid-race acceleration, and that that's what you're hoping you can use. 
he hasn't, as I said, he hasn't been going fantastic yet, but he does like sand down. He does like an inside draw. Baby JC and McInerney, both both very good dogs. I think Baby JC will have a very big future. Um, I'm just hoping it doesn't uh, start Saturday night. No offence, Bobby Douglas. <laughs> no, that's it. Uh, you'll be you'll be cheering for, for your boy, that's for sure. What about uh, heat number four? This might be a dog, I feel, who's maybe just flying under the radar a bit. Look, it's obviously going to be a tough assignment for Kanji Victory. Drawn box seven against the likes of Kasaya, Plaintiff and She's a Pearl. A lot of pace underneath. But when you go through the form of Kanji Victory, uh, Meadows win five runs ago, defeating Jungle Panther. Went 505 early, 2986. Uh, and then last start ran down by Salad Dodgers. So the form is very good. And look, it's going to be tough this week, but she's a greyhound on the up. Oh, she she was a sensational run last Saturday night. She jumped, cleaned up the field, allowed Salad Dodger to come back around her, get to the front, get a few lengths, and then she nearly run it back down. Like, uh, she, 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 I, I really, really like her as a dog. Um, her form's great. Definitely needs to be drawn down near the fence. It does suit her. She has got pace, so she might be able to offset it. But it's insane that you got you got a pretty hot line up in that race. Like to have seen her off the fence, but oh, it's a it's a red hot field. And um, as as time goes on, and you go into other series in the next few months, and all, especially all the age restricted and all, all that sort of stuff, should should see her go a lot better. I'd say and. Um, yeah, she she she'd be one I'd be like I'd like to watch for the future. I really really have a lot of time for her. She's she's a really really good uh, bitch, I believe. Mm, by the sounds of it, mate, we black book Kanji victory. Maybe not for this week, but moving forward, uh, that would tell me the best of your two is between the first two. And reading between the lines, I think you're also keen on Zippy Tesla, which gives me a little bit more added confidence. Yeah, oh, I think he's he, he's definitely the be- the best chance we got in. Um, he. he He's just such an honest dog, and he's a he's a beautiful animal, and he always does try hard and just put, puts in a hundred percent every time he races, and he gives you a bit of a thrill when you see him start to wind up and just try and pick off the dogs. He, he it really is a emotion. Um, it'd be great to see him lead, but uh, <laughs> it's not not his go leading. It his best section is always his last section, and he's such a great chaser and. I just cross the fingers and hope, hopefully he can make make the final. It'd be fantastic um, to be in there and ha- have a chance. Well, I think he's a massive chance, mate. Good luck, uh, firstly, with this week, obviously moving forward with the future as well. And, and good luck with our boy Zippy Tesla. We'll be cheering for him on the podcast, that's for sure. Thank you very much. Inside Info. I'll tell you what, the Dream Chasers Festival, it's all about chasing the dream and trying to win... I believe the Everest of Greyhound Racing, uh, climbing the biggest mountain, which is the Melbourne Cup, and, and Carly Feltham's been good enough to come back onto the podcast. And, Carls, we're, we're 100% naming you as part of the family. We've claimed Kasai a long, long time ago, and, and now he's lining up from box one. Let's face it, in a hard Melbourne Cup heat, but he's oh so close to making a Melbourne Cup field. Hello to you, and how are you feeling? Oh, good. Thank you. Good. Um, wrapped when the box draw came out, my phone was uh, ding, ding, dinging. <laughs> uh, you would have been wrapped with the red. He's got a, a great record when he draws the inside. I guess it would have been almost an anti-climax because you then go from the box draw to the field that you're against and you see plaintiff, she's a pearl in four and five. What do you do when you, when you see the form like that? 
I'll just pray that there's a little bit of uh, a tussle between the four and the five and hope that my boy's off. <laughs> well, hey, your boy is off because so, so often we see him, he begins well and, and then he burns the first 100 metres and he's got the ability to run the sections of the superstars. So I guess box number one drags him right into this and, and you as a trainer, Carly, can you tell us a little bit about, I guess, your training operation because you don't have a lot of dogs. No, we don't. I've currently only got one race dog here at the moment, which is Marty, and I've got a few pups that are pre-training. Trying to get trials for them is a bit of an issue. They'll never make the track at this rate, but um, but I've only got the one race dog currently. I've sent a couple into state, and um, yeah, he's the one holding the team up now. No pressure. (laughs) Can can you believe that? You're training one dog, and you've got a dog like Marty, Kasaya. Um, and he's in a Melbourne Cup heat, and he's a genuine chance in a Melbourne Cup. Do you do you start to dream of what could be in the next fortnight? Every time I I breed a litter, I dream that every single one of them is a Melbourne Cup winner. <laughs> and you're pretty every close. Single litter. You're pretty close now. Oh, look, I, it's funny. I said to Kane this morning before he left for work, all I need is one more good box draw, and I would have been wrapped with one, two, or three, or seven. And... Um, and I thought, and then, and then if he, if he makes it, then whatever I pick out, that's on me. <laughs> uh, you tell me, box seven. What do you like about seven? I see he's won oh, six races from there. What is it with Kasira and box seven? He's raced there. He's raced out of box seven, I think six or seven times, and I think he's only lost out of it once, twice. twice. Yeah, yeah. So he's. I don't know. I think the outside also gives him a little bit of. Um, little bit of space because as you notice when he first jumps he doesn't quite jump and he just needs that one start to get going um but I even said oh I'm about you a box six at this point <laughs> yeah. oh, I love that Carlos I love how box seven's fantastic and box six is no good uh <laughs> no no good and mum never won out of box six either <laughs> well there you go that uh well I'm glad you've drawn the red hopefully you don't pull the six out uh, next week as I said we no. just wanted to get you on have a bit of a chat and oh, I guess as I let you go Carlos what would it mean to you to make a Melbourne Cup oh it, it's it's the holy grail of um dog racing really like the Melbourne Cup and and the Golden Easter Egg in Sydney they're the two that I think that people aim for it's 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 more about the prestige than than the money the I want to drink some, I want to drink some beer out of out <laughs> of a trophy I'm an animal <laughs> <laughs> good on you Carl's good luck hey eh? I'm cheering for you now just to see that uh, on Melbourne Cup <laughs> I night you, I'll do it <laughs> uh, good on you we'll chat to you soon thanks Inside Info. Well, this one, three of three, is more just a yarn catching up with a good mate uh, who happens to have two runners in Melbourne Cup and Bold Trees Heats. I speak of Nettie McDonald. Nettie Mac, what's news? No, not much, mate. You know, just um, hoping this uh, green light on podcast can give me the luck that it has before. Oh, mate, it's, that's a thing these days. People are actually calling me saying, can I come on the podcast? Things have things have gone different. Times have changed. People know that this is the podcast that brings in the winners. But uh, a little bit like myself, Nettie Mac, you're telling me you're, uh, you're battling a little bit of man flu at the moment. Yeah, no. The last couple of days I've been waking up with heavy heads and I'm thinking, geez, I can't really shake this. Been eating bloody cold and flu tablets like they're, uh, <laughs> like they're skilled. Well, mate, I'm the same, but uh, I'm coming good, which is good news. So uh, hopefully you're not too far behind, mate. And you've got a, a pretty big night of racing. Uh, most people are happy to have one runner in when it comes to the Bold Trees and Melbourne Cup either either. Not you, Nettie Mac. You're getting greedy this year, mate. We'll start with Winburn Chief. Race 2, Box 5. The Tasmanian who's come across to you. I'd imagine with the aim to go to this series? 
look, there was there was there was never really an aim. It was more like you know, uh, Lenny that had him over there. He was just keen. He just wanted to get the dog in Melbourne because he, look, the dog has a lot of ability. Don't get me wrong. He's definitely got some tricks up his sleeve, and he doesn't always go about it the right way. But on his day, when he's ready to fire, he can seriously run. Like he's, I've put him against dogs of mine that I rate really highly, and he, he leaves them painted to the fence. So he can he can run when he wants to, but. Last week, we didn't get to really say the best of him because he got distracted. Dog ran off on the corner. He thought he'd follow it out there. And, you know, he, he made up a lot of ground. And he, he, he seriously can make up some big ground. He's just got to be there at the end. Mate, sounds like a, a pretty promising uh, push from you. Sounds like you're the drag racers, too, in the background. Not sure where you are. Probably somewhere in Cranbourne, <laughs> I'd assume. But, uh... Yeah, that's plenty for you. <laughs> yes. Hey, you're 41s into 23 already, Winburn Chiefs. So the punter's obviously thinking that you're, uh, you're not giving us the crap talk here and that this dog's a genuine chance at big odds. Oh, I mean, like, yeah, 41s, you know, that, that'd be something. That you'd, you'd be laughing because if you knew the ability the dog had, you'd laugh and you see 41s. Like, he's definitely not a betting proposition from my end, but but I think um, I think if all goes right and he gets a, if he gets an ounce of luck, he, he'll definitely be putting his best foot forward late. You've got a runner in a heat of the Melbourne Cup. Uh, tough race against Wow, She's Fast and Patty Wants Pats, but I'm telling you, Ned... You've got an enormous following. I'm not sure if it's just you or Scotty Brandon or who it is, uh, somebody who loves you, but Black Sale opened up $34 by the time the first fluctuation came. In fact, I might be reading into this as uh, $34 all in, but either way, $10 was the next price that we saw available. So there's been money already for Black Sale. I know you've got a big opinion of him. Whether or not he's going to be a superstar 500 dog or maybe over a bit more down the track, we'll have to wait and see. But if he gets half a run, this boy, he could give them a a really decent run for the money. Mate, he's a, he's a weapon that he he's a dead set weapon that dog. He, he has he has a serious engine under the hood, but he he lacks one thing that a lot of dogs lack and that's that first that first section, but from looking at that race on paper, the minute I seen the box draw, I thought there's a hell of a lot of speed, you know, there could be a jam up here on the corner and I'm hoping just for a, you know, like a suck run up the rail and if he if he get if he lands a length off any dog, obviously not where she's fast, she'll blow him out of the water. But if he um if he lands a length on any dog and he, he he will he will not give up. He will chase his heart out and he'll he'll try his best to run you down. And and he needs the rail too, doesn't he? He loves to just look for the inside run and burst through. Oh, he, he's actually he, he's he's pretty smart. Like he'll he'll duck and weave and bob. Like he'll he'll try and avoid the contacting as much as he can, but. Box forward, it's not really. I actually was. I wasn't too concerned. Like I know, the two and the three both want to shift up a little bit. The red's got a bit of pace, so I'm hoping sort of I'm going to miss all that carnage and just suck the fence. Well, mate, pretty positive sounds by the uh, the looks of it. You're uh, you're forty one dollars roughly on the pair. That's been smashed. So the putters agree you're a big chance, and uh, it's been nice just catching up again, Eddie Mac. What else is happening on the outside of racing with you, mate? Anything as I let you go? Nah, not much, mate. I'm just hoping the Green Light On podcast can give me that little advantage that it has before. So I'm, um, yeah, fingers crossed that being on the podcast now, someone's had a had a bit of a slash on the on the TRB by the sounds of things. Yeah, so that's good, it, mate. Good things are looking. Hey, we're all sports bet now. That's where they're having a go. But uh, all good, Nettie Mac. Uh, I'll send you my BSB account if you get home, mate. Just for the the good luck money. Beautiful. All right, mate. Thanks for having me. And that's it. The end of a massive episode as we count down to the great night of racing that is heat night of the Melbourne Cup, the Sportsbet Melbourne Cup. If you want to know more, head to dreamchasersfestival.com.au. Until next time, partners, safe travelling, and as always, good luck. 
and happy putting.